Good to be back after a few days R&R. Now, how do we do this again? Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it is Severe Weather Awareness Week. Are you as prepared as you think you are? During an emergency is not the time to find out. We have some advice. Plus, be all you can be. Many of us remember that famous U.S. Army slogan. Now they're bringing it back as the military faces a significant recruitment challenge. It's getting more expensive to travel, but that hasn't impacted demand. We'll tell you how to get away without letting your budget get away from you. And we have details on the St. Andrews United Methodist Church Warm Hearts Auction Fundraiser to benefit those in need. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. back uh gonna be uh with you after a little r&r after a little uh, time away and i cannot believe that this is the story that we've got to uh uh report first thing out of the gate here this morning among the first things you need to know the uh, most buzzworthy uh, stories of the day get ready to say goodbye to the chevy camaro did you see this The Chevy Camaro is ending production. According to General Motors, the uh, current generation Chevy Camaro uh, will end production early next year. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean that the Camaro is gone forever. They have promised that the nameplate is not dead. But they do not have, at this point, a successor ready to go. So... When this generation Camaro ceases production, that's the that's the end of it. Um, although uh, this was the uh, comment, Chevy's vice president Scott Bell said, "Rest assured, this is not the end of Camaro's story." And uh, apparently, they uh, have a uh, collector's edition, final edition uh, that'll be coming out in the next uh, several months. So you know that's going to be hot. People are going to be. And the rumor is, according to a report that I saw on Car and Driver, uh, that the next generation Chevy Camaro will be electrified, like the Mustang Mach-E. We get an electrified Camaro. But there is nothing in the works as of yet. So another great American muscle car bites the dust. The Challenger is going away, too. Dodge's uh, muscle car, so... It leaves the uh, Mustang, the only uh, muscle car that's left, and um, obviously it is uh, uh, very different with the Mustang Mach-E, so who knows what a uh, Chevy Camaro electrified version might look like, but that's the rumor. But I say it's not going away, but if you want uh, the uh, throaty internal combustion Camaro muscle car, it's going to be your last chance, apparently. So... I know, kind of depressing news to uh, start with this morning. But it goes goes with the mood of the day, with the rain and all of that. I don't know. Uh, some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. We get back into the swing of things here. As we pass the three-year mark since the first 15 days to slow the spread. <laughs> you remember, two weeks to, to slow the spread. That's what it was supposed to be. Two weeks, 15 days, whatever. And we're at the three-year mark of the uh, pandemic. With that, though, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, is reminding Americans 
that all of that hand sanitizer you may have panic bought in the early COVID days is nearing the end of its shelf life. If you still have some of that hand sanitizer that you went out to uh, to buy at the beginning of the pandemic, um, they say that many of the active ingredients become less effective after three years. Uh, so they are trying to educate people as to how to how to dispose of your old stockpile properly. Uh, of course, empty bottles can be recycled, but what about containers that are not empty? So if you still have some of that old hand sanitizer that is expiring, first off, don't just dump the stuff down the drain. At nearly 60% alcohol, sanitizer is highly flammable. And... So you don't want to <laughs> toss flammable material into your plumbing, uh, into your home plumbing. So pouring it down the drain, not a good idea. Probably flushing it, not a good idea. You can see in exploding toilets all over the country. You wouldn't want that. Instead, they recommend finding a hazardous waste disposal event near you um, and safely surrendering your stash when you pick up a uh, fresh supply. So, if you have any expiring hand sanitizer, it is considered hazardous waste. So, I'm sure that you treat it as such. Yeah, I can just see <laughs> exploding plumbing. That's going to be the, the thing. We're going to have a rash of those stories over the next six to nine months. I'll I'll just bet. I'll just bet we have... At least a handful of those stories because of uh, people dumping their hand sanitizer. Don't do that. Uh, I cannot believe that we have to do this. It is basically, this is another uh, installment of Fact or Facebook. Although this doesn't actually come from Facebook. It comes from TikTok. KFC is letting you know is insisting that no, despite what you may have heard on social media, you cannot get a free refill on your bucket of chicken. <laughs> Apparently, there is a viral rumor that took off earlier this month on TikTok when a popular self-professed fast food secrets guru claimed that KFC does free refills on its buckets of chicken. Uh, the stipulation, according to the claim, the stipulation is as long as you finish the bucket of chicken within an hour, you can get that bucket of chicken refilled for free. Um, and apparently this person who put this out here has eight and a half million followers, and that video has been seen nearly eight million times. So this has spread like wildfire, has taken off, and so KFC trying to set the record straight, saying, no, that is not the case. Um, apparently, after the initial video, another famous TikTok influencer, one with close to 4 million additional followers, claimed that he tried the so-called refill hack and did wind up getting a free refill. So, I don't know. KFC has denied the rumor and is begging people, begging people to stop believe, uh, stop believing it is real. Not only, uh, not only that, 
Uh, they say other fast food chains have similarly been targeted by fake rumors. The uh, news report here from Mashable.com says that most online too-good-to-be-true food hacks are, in fact, actually hoaxes. So no, you cannot get a free refill your bucket of chicken from KFC. I cannot believe we actually have to say that. And people are falling for that, but apparently they are. Elsewhere, here is today's medical miracle story. Do you believe that music has the power to heal? It does. According to findings from Michigan State University, they suggest that listening to your favorite songs can make your medication more effective. Now, it's a very small study, only about a dozen patients involved. But these dozen patients, these 12 patients, were undergoing chemotherapy treatment. They listened to their favorite music for a half an hour every time they needed to take anti-nausea medication. And patients saw a decline in the severity of nausea and distress levels. Previous studies have shown that musical therapy can help treat pain and even anxiety. And, uh... The uh, professor associated with the study, uh, Jason Kiernan, said, wouldn't it be great if you could use a non-pharmacological intervention like listening to 10 minutes of your favorite music playlist to complement a medication make it more effective? The healing power of music. How about that? And lastly, among the first things that you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, this is the kind of inspiration you need first thing in the morning. This is the kind of thing, if you are rolling out of bed this morning and you are completely unmotivated to get going, here is the story that you need to convince you that you can do Anything you set your mind to. Anything is possible. A story about Karen Woods, who learned to read at the age of 39. She was 39 before she learned how to read, and now is a best-selling author. Karen Woods, now at the age of 53, left school at age 15 when she got pregnant. She took an adult literacy course at age 39 and realized she had a gift for the written word. Now she's writing her 27th book. She said, quote, I feel I represent all those people who had bad starts in life. I want to be the inspiration for women who think that because they've got kids, they can't do what they want. Unquote. She is an ambassador for adult learning and visits prisons to give inspirational talks to inmates. Said if she can do it, after learning to read at age 39, now writing her 27th book, a best-selling author, she can do it, you can do it. Amen to that. That is awesome. It's all kinds of awesome. And a little bit of inspiration for all of us. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Showers today, maybe even a thunderstorm, a high of 58. Showers likely tonight, a low of 40. A police chase that started down in Sydney, Ohio, ended on Interstate 75 in southwest Hancock County when stop sticks disabled that fleeing vehicle in the area of State Route 235. 
The driver was immediately taken into custody, but a passenger fled on foot into a nearby woods. And a highway patrol helicopter located that suspect, and he was taken into custody. Get more on that pursuit on our website. Ohio's elected leaders took residents' concerns about East Palestine to Congress as U.S. Senators Sherrod Brown and J.D. Vance, along with Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, testified before a Senate committee about the train derailment and the need for more safety regulations. The governor actually testified virtually from the eastern Ohio village. He says firefighters need better training. That particular night, they didn't know what they were fighting. They didn't know what they were dealing with, at least not for sure. So training is very, very important. And I think, you know, we're making some progress in in that regard. I'm Tracy Townsend. It was 30 years ago that two pitchers for Cleveland were killed in a boating accident in Florida during a day off from spring training. Pitcher Tim Cruz invited pitchers Steve Olin and Bob Ojeda and their families to his 170-acre ranch for a barbecue. That evening, Cruz took Olin and Ojeda out onto the lake to look for gators. There was beer and vodka on the boat. And with nightfall upon them, Cruz misjudged a 185-foot wooden pier and crashed. Olin was killed instantly. Cruz died hours later. Ojeda suffered massive head injuries but survived. Jim Donovan in Cleveland taking a look back at that tragic accident. Hancock Public Health says it'll be discontinuing its COVID-19 walk-in clinics due to decreased interest. The final clinic will be held on Friday. Hancock Public Health says although the COVID virus will continue to be present in our communities, its initial effect on our population has been diminished. The health department says people can still stay up to date with COVID developments on the state website, coronavirus.ohio.gov. Remember, you can get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So now our cover story this morning. As you probably know, it is Severe Weather Awareness Week in Ohio. Hard to miss the tornado sirens going off yesterday raises the question, and this is really the point of the week, are you as prepared as you think you are? Because during an emergency is not the time to find out. This is. And uh, Lee Swisher is with us, the Hancock County Emergency Management Agency. And uh, first of all, as we mentioned, everybody heard the uh, tornado sirens go off uh, yesterday. Um, that is not just uh, a, a an effort. I mean, it's a statewide tornado drill uh, for citizens, but also, you know, those regular tests are to make sure for, for you folks that everything is functioning the way it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we One thing we do stress with those, too, they are called, called outdoor warning sirens. Mm-hmm. The purpose of them is to warn people outdoors to go indoors and seek more information. Right. Um, we do have some plans in place that we could use them for other things as well um, to warn people to get inside. Mm-hmm. Um well, yeah, we make sure everything's working. Um, we obviously have contracts with vendors that come out and check those every year and make right. sure, but we like to test them once a month, and that's according to the entire state that day. And uh, and everything worked worked well yesterday, yes. uh, I'm assuming? Yes, so we so had no reports of any, no, any issues. No problem there, um, so yep. you're all ready to go. Yep. Uh, what, does, what does spring, I mean, we talk about Severe Weather Awareness Week uh, as being a time for individuals to mm-hmm. prepare. What are you doing? What is the EMA? What are emergency officials doing right now, preparing for uh, the the spring? Season? I mean, we're we're always constantly in that constantly planning P as we call it. You know, mm-hmm. whether we're we're exercising or we're training or looking over plans, reviewing. Yeah. Sometimes we have to enact the plans and then start the process all over again. So yeah, yeah so we're always having those means on 
it's different a kind of things. Yep, continuous, continuous cycle. Yep. Um, you mentioned, and this is certainly one of the things we want to emphasize, and we talk about emergency preparedness. That the outdoor weather sirens are just that; they're meant to alert people who are outdoors. So, absolutely. Uh, I know there's always people who say, "Oh, well, I can't hear the sirens yep. in my house." <laughs> well, that's not what they're meant for. Correct. That's uh, a whole different setting. You need to have a way of getting that information yes yes um multiple ways i mean you know fail safes is what we use for first responders all the time we always have different ways to communicate and whatnot um so same thing for people at home having a no weather radio having certain apps um we have in the past to the weather service or our office or sheriff's office etc we have used the, the we alerts which the, the things you see that pop up you might see for amber alerts mm-hmm. or sometimes a test um those we use those a lot too yeah. for severe weather. I, I I know we have a, a weather alert uh, radio in our bedroom mm-hmm. just in case something happens in the middle of the night when we're asleep because they'll go off automatically uh-huh. and and wake you up. Those are really uh, maybe the scariest uh, <laughs> storms are the ones that that come at night. Right, absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, severe weather can happen any time of year. Um, mm-hmm. Can move any direction. Yes, we have common common tracks, common timing. Um, but that's why we also have this spring weather awareness because kind of dusting the plans off, getting out of winter, coming in, mm-hmm. making everybody aware. Um, I know in, in June we have the lightning safety awareness time frame. And and, and that's the other uh, part of this because, again, with yesterday's statewide tornado drill, the tornadoes get all of the attention, but there are a lot of hazards yes, between this time of year. Yes, flooding. Uh, Obviously, in our area, we're not we're no stranger to flooding. Exactly. Um, but even the flash flames are can, can be more dangerous. Um, lightning, all the, all the things that come with severe weather. That's the time to bring it back to the front because we're all kind of cabin fever. Want to get out, so you want to make your plans when you're going out to do your uh, spring and summer um, festivities. Right. Um, have that plan in place and where where your shelters are, what your what your backup plan, and what the appropriate shelters are Correct. in the event <laughs> of stormy weather, uh, because obviously you don't want to stand under trees. Correct. <laughs> you want to be in an ex- enclosed when a storm comes up. You want to be in an enclosed. Space. Yes, the lowest lowest um, room, the best secured location that you can be. Um, sometimes there's not very good options. Um, you take what you can, find what you can. Um, I've, I've asked that question many times over the years, you know, what, what if I'm here, what if I'm there? I said, there's, we can't live your life in fear, obviously, but, mm-hmm. um, take your best decision. I said, I've said, if, if I'm stuck somewhere and all I have is my, my vehicle, I'm going to get it strapped, strapped in my seatbelt because that car's ready for impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. But if I get in shelter first, absolutely. I'm going there. So you have to think ahead right. for those things, especially when there's, uh, there's weather, yep. uh, in the, uh, in the forecast. And with respect to that, in terms of, you know, preparing, uh, if you didn't participate yesterday in the statewide tornado drill, at the very minimum, you should make a plan right now for what you're going to, because again, during an emergency is not the time Correct. to absolutely. make a plan. Um, so a couple of questions with respect to that. Um, First of all, I remember years ago when I was in grade school and we did the tornado drills that the first thing we did was open the windows. The idea was to equalize (laughs) the pressure. pressure. We now know that that's not correct. You don't want to waste that time. Just get to get to a safe place. So, again, it kind of raises the question of what should an emergency plan look like or what should that look like when you're making those plans uh you know ahead of time for when a storm strikes right um just like 
we do in schools. We do fire drills, right? We teach kids. We have fire prevention week. Mm-hmm. Teach kids we do fire drills at home. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with with your severe weather. Um, you should have it planned with kids or with family members or or whatever. Have have that kit, a plan in a kit. Mm-hmm. You can write it down. That's great. So you can. You know, biggest thing is to practice something. Mm-hmm. Um, we are creatures of habit. We only revert back to what we've done in the past or what we've trained to do. Yeah. That's why we train our first responders the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you train like you play. Um, so that's one thing is either write it down or come up with a plan as a family and practice it. And we've always been told the basement of your home is the safest place. Yeah, lowest if, lowest level. If you level. don't have a basement, then what? Your lowest level of your of your of where you live and then mm-hmm. the most interior room. Now, here, this brings up a, an interesting point because the most interior place, I don't have a basement, uh, but the most interior place, uh, room in my house would be the closet under the stairs where the electrical box is. I'm thinking that that may not necessarily be the best spot. <laughs> yeah, my, that might not be so somewhere so, else. Yeah. Close to that, maybe. Um, obviously, there's not going to be a perfect answer to every building. Right. Um, it's hard to do that. Right. Um, I had the same thing. We actually but, moved in several years ago. My wife was like, where do we Where do we go? Yeah. I'm like, honestly, this one one bathroom mm-hmm. is the best location in the house. It's the most closed. I go, there's one corner of the wall that's the most outside, but that's my, it's, it's a mm-hmm. modern style house yeah. um, with some old stuff in it but yeah it's very open <laughs> so so you have to be mindful of right. you know everything that could be a hazard absolutely in a, in a situation uh, like that what about for businesses because again we spend so much time talking about what happens uh, where we should go if we're at home mm-hmm. what if we are at work same same thing um same kind of plans you have at home um Ideally, uh, maybe the, the higher ups at work are going to have should have some kind of plan. Mm-hmm. If not, um, bring it to the attention of them. Yeah. Um, I know we do that at my office, and we talk about it where we're going to go. Yeah. Yesterday at the time, we're like, hey, where we're going to go? All right, let's go there. Practice it. Yeah, because because I know a lot of uh, storefronts, for example, have a big wall of windows out front. Absolutely. And, yeah. So you want to be protected from places like yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, or uh, like in schools, gymnasiums. I know they actually avoid gymnasiums, Correct. so yeah. big open spaces probably right. not the best thing. <laughs> so again, these are things to keep in mind as we're thinking about what would you do if we mentioned some of the other other hazards mm-hmm. uh, that folks need to be uh, prepared for as well. And sometimes it's not even rain or lightning or you know high winds can create problems. Oh, absolutely, even without other uh hazards being present mm-hmm. i mean we we had that in 2012 um sure. the ratio has mm-hmm. nothing to do with a tornado but it's a severe storm of type and a lot of people got their eye open then of the actual widespread damage that can happen from that and you can get to power lines and mm-hmm. trees down Absolutely. and everything else so a lot of things to uh keep in mind this is the time when you want to prepare for all of it Absolutely. as much as you possibly can we have a a link up at our webpage. The state of Ohio actually has the uh, state EMA has a uh, website yep. where more uh, information uh, Absolutely, on yep. all of this. And uh, we've got it linked up on our webpage. So you can check that out at goodmornings.net. One other question really quickly before we let you go sure. uh, here with respect to yesterday, there was another uh, hearing in Congress on uh, train safety. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, those stories in the news You've been watching very closely, mm-hmm. I would assuming, those, because as we know, we've got a couple of Norfolk Southern yes. rail, rail lines run right through uh, Hancock, one right through the city of Findlay. Right. 
how closely are you paying to uh, paying attention to not just the hearings but also the cleanup and and what folks are learning in East Palestine about in the aftermath of so that? yeah we we get a lot of emails um the state obviously is monitoring as well state mm-hmm. EMA so we get those you know, passed through to us to make sure we're all on the same page um, mm-hmm. since then also there's been a lot of trainings offered um, I know myself and several other EMA directors around the state several years ago now we're actually CSX since down their training facility and we spent a whole week down there mm-hmm. learning all about their train and their hazmat side and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know we, we've got a lot of info on that. Um, we're following it and kind of seeing what comes out of it. We've dealt with it in the past in 2011, we had our own train derailment. Right. Um, yep. Folks are remember so that up by, there are some similarities on, on some of those things. There's also some big differences on chemicals and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. So, uh, it's, it reminds me of kind of like a, a plane crash where the investigators come in and figure out what went wrong, <laughs> yep. what could do, what yep. they could do better with the response. And you learn all of that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. There'll be case studies and whatnot after this too. Kind of reassure everybody, yep. uh, everybody as far as that goes. Again, Lee Swisher, the Hancock County Emergency Management Agency. This is Severe Weather Awareness Week. Now is the time to start thinking about that. Lee, thanks very much for dropping by. We thanks. Well, you might have heard the story uh, we had it several weeks ago. The U.S. Army missed its recruitment goal in 2022 by about 25% or roughly 15,000 soldiers. So it is probably not a surprise that they are rolling out a new, more modern brand that they say redefines what it means to be all you can be for today's soldier and for generations to come. We are joined this morning by the Chief of Staff of the U.S. Army, General James McConville. General, we appreciate your time this morning. We mentioned the struggles to keep up with those recruitment goals. And to be fair, it's it's every branch of the military, not just the Army. Was that the main impetus for this update to the army's branding and and how did you arrive at this moment yeah i mean we've been looking at it for uh, a while you know, we want uh, the best and brightest uh, to join the army and we want an, an inspirational uh, message and and we took a look at um be all you could be and we think it captures the essence of why a young man and woman would choose uh to join the army and why a parent would want their sons and daughters to join the Army. I, I have three kids, two sons and daughters that serve in the Army, and I want them to be all they can be. It is, without question, the most successful campaign, I think, that the Army has probably ever had. That be all you can be slogan is uh, incredibly well known. So talk about this new branding, updating this uh, this branding and its significant uh, and its significance for the uh, army in 2023. Yeah, we think it's it's really important. As you you mentioned, be all you could be came into effect in 1981. In fact, that's when I came in the army, and it inspired inspired a whole generation of Americans to serve their country. And we had different slogans over the years, but quite frankly, as we did the analysis and we did the studies, we found out that be all you could be resonated very very well. Uh, with American youth and also their parents and, and, and influences. And the way we're rolling this out is we're very fortunate to have uh, Jonathan Majors, who's very, very well known uh, to young men and women uh, throughout the country. And he narrates the history of the United States Army and it brings it to life so young men and women can see what it's like to be part of something bigger than themselves. 
what exactly is changing? I mean, you know, you talk about uh, the army for the 21st century, the army of 2023, and obviously in many ways it's very different than 1981 when this slogan was initially rolled out. What exactly is changing and what is the uh, what is the 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 point? The what do you hope that the people take away from this new branding? Well, I, I think what they'll take away uh, is, is first of all we're competing uh, for talent, and we want to um, inspire young men and women to serve. We're a profession of profession, so not only are we masters of combat arms, so we have doctors, we have nurses, we have lawyers, we have pilots, uh, we have musicians, we have cyber experts. So you can do anything you want to do in the United States Army. And, you know, kind of like the, as the slogan says, you can be uh, all you can be. And we are high, highly technical, and you will get great skill sets that will serve you well when you stay in the Army, but you go off into the civilian industry after after your tour. You know, just to underscore something you were uh, mentioning, and I, th- I think it's important to emphasize this. I, he- I heard one analyst uh, talk about, uh, you know, the the issues of the military recruiting and so on. We are at a unique point in time uh, as compared to really any time in the last 20 years where we're not actively fighting a war right now. And the, the perception among many young people is maybe that you don't need uh, recruits, that you don't need new soldiers. So again, just underscoring uh, emphasizes the importance of, of, as you were saying, it's not just combat operations. It's not just boots on the ground in combat that you need to make the army function. Well, I I think we do need um, young men and women to come in uh, into the, the army in the military. It's a very dangerous world. Uh, we're seeing the conflict happen right right now in Ukraine, and there's mm-hmm. other parts of the world that remain dangerous. And one of the ways you maintain uh, peace is peace through strength. And right. so we want a strong army. We want a strong military. It's the young men and women that are going to make us the strong army that we need. So this uh, new campaign, as you mentioned, going to be uh, rolling out uh, here uh, effective immediately, right? I mean, people are going to start to hear this message right away. Oh, absolutely. And where would uh, folks go to get more information about those opportunities there that there are in the U.S. Army to, as the slogan says, be all you can be? Yeah, the best place for them to go is they, they go on the Internet and go to GoArmy.com, or they can go to a local recruiting station uh, in their community, or they can talk to a veteran and see what type of opportunities are available. Uh, it is the uh, sort of rebirth of a familiar slogan from the U.S. Army to be all you can be. Chief of Staff of the Army General James McConville with us this morning. General, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Good to be back. As we mentioned, after a few uh, days of uh, R&R, uh, spent some time in Florida uh, last week and... Uh, over the weekend, and then a couple of days just sitting around at home recovering uh, from that. But uh, <laughs> but I can tell you firsthand, and this has been uh, in the news, that uh, airports are, are packed, hotels are packed. Uh, I can tell you firsthand that is entirely accurate. Uh, we had, uh, in, our, in our travels, uh, just hordes of people. Um, so... 
it is true. If you have gone online uh, this spring break season to book a flight, book a hotel, book a rental car lately, you know that it is more expensive to travel as well. That's the other thing. Not only are there huge crowds, but it is uh, getting more expensive to travel than the past couple of years have been. And uh, obviously the cost uh, increases have not hampered demand. Again, I can tell you that firsthand from my experience over the uh, past several days. A recent survey from the pay-over-time provider Affirm finds that the majority of Americans still do plan to go somewhere this year, if not for spring break, taking a summer vacation, or something. So with that in mind, and the increasing cost, joining us this morning is Affirm Senior Vice President Katrina Holt. Katrina, what else did you find in this survey here? Yeah, so we found that despite record high costs, like you said, people are still eager to get out and travel. The average American plans to take three trips this year and spend over $3,000 on travel. But we actually found that three out of four millennials and Gen Z plan to take up to six trips this year. Wow. Yeah. So we're now, so people still wanting to travel, I would guess the cost will be the difference in how far we're going, how long we're staying, and what kind of things we're going to do when we get there. So what kind of advice can you offer to help travelers navigate those higher costs that they are encountering this year? Yeah, absolutely. So I have three simple tips. Number one, set a budget. In our survey, we found that nearly one in five plan to travel this year without setting a budget beforehand, but this can lead to overspending. So when creating a budget, consider accommodations, meals, transportation, and shopping. And then number two, use a transparent, flexible pay-over-time option like a firm to spread out your costs and stick to your budget. And then number three, watch out for gimmicks that come with travel credit cards. A few things to watch out for when using an airline or hotel credit card, early sign-up bonuses. Those might be enticing, but they can easily lead to overspending as you try to hit the minimum. And then 0% APR credit card promotions. These can come with deferred interest and surprise you with balloon payments down the line. So a lot of things to keep in mind. And you mentioned budgeting. It is so important. I mean, when travel was really, really cheap a couple of years ago when the demand was really soft, budgeting might not have been as big of a deal. But now, obviously, it is very important. Explain how these pay-over-time options, which I'm sure folks are familiar with, explain how this can help folks stay uh, on budget. Absolutely. So a firm can help you with however you want to get out and explore. So whether you're booking a staycation, planning a bucket list trip, or getting away for just the weekend, you can use a firm to book now, pay later for any part of your journey. Purchase plane tickets on American Airlines, rent a car with kayak, book a hotel room with Burbo. Just select a firm at checkout and create a, or create a virtual card in the app. But once you're there, you can choose to pay biweekly or monthly. There are clear certain end dates, so you see what's out in simple numbers. And there are no later hidden fees. All of this helping you stay within your budget. What are some of the other uh, findings uh, from your survey that we referenced? Yeah, we actually found this was another big year for weddings. So the average American was invited to three weddings this year. 
and they plan to spend an average of $1,000 per wedding. So we recommend including that in your budget as well. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, last year, my wife and I did this. We got an invitation to a wedding out of town and we decided to turn it into a vacation rather than taking two separate twi- trips we combined them into one and actually kind of budgeted a little bit better that way rather than having to travel twice yes absolutely i love that some really uh creative ways of uh, thinking about this maybe uh, out of the box and again obviously planning and budgeting is going to be key uh katrina holt is a senior vice president of a firm You've got more information on your website, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to Affirm.com or download the Affirm app if you want to learn more. And we will link that up on our webpage as well. Katrina, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Two inmates who escaped from a Virginia prison the other day have been recaptured, and you'll never believe where they got them. At IHOP. <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, Arlie, you might have uh, heard about this story the other day. Arlie Nemo and John Garza reportedly, it was like a scene out of Shawshank Redemption, used a toothbrush and some sort of metal object to make a hole uh, large enough to escape from through a uh, a wall in their cell. Uh, They were discovered missing during a head count, just like in the movie. Uh, But they were soon found, thanks to a public tip, according to the Newport News Sheriff's Office. Uh, And where were the inmates celebrating their short-lived freedom? At the local IHOP at 3 in the morning. (laughs) Nothing good happens at IHOP at 3 in the morning. That's <laughs> the sheriff's office says the uh, building and any potential weaknesses are being reviewed by structural engineers in the uh, local jail. <laughs> so they don't, they don't want them to uh, get away again. But uh, of all the places, <laughs> you can go. Local IHOP. Um, things got saucy in Ocala, Florida on Friday. A man allegedly slapped his wife in the face with a slice of pizza. Uh, police arrived at a home in Marion County to arrest uh, Ortelio Alfonso on a misdemeanor battery charge. Uh, he and his wife were apparently arguing over their child's discipline when he reportedly ended the argument by slapping her upside the head with a pizza. <laughs> All righty. <clears throat> Again, can you imagine being in lockup and your cellmate, what are you in for? I accosted my wife with a pizza. Stay back. I have a pizza and I know how to use it. Not afraid to use it. Uh, a Michigan man uh, is facing charges uh, after being clocked at uh, between 96 and 99 miles an hour, driving 96 between 96 and 99 miles an hour, when he slammed into the rear end of another vehicle uh, going 55 miles an hour on southbound US-131 last month. Now, you can take a guess at uh, which one of those vehicles 
was actually going closer to the posted speed limit. Um, Mark Lillywhite, uh, not only was he traveling at an excessive rate of speed, nearly 100 miles an hour, he was inebriated, he was not wearing a seatbelt, and he had his headlights off. At the time of the crash, at 2.20 a.m., both vehicles ended up rolling in this. Um, uh, Mr. Lillywhite's uh, blood was drawn at Bronson Methodist Hospital after he refused to take a breathalyzer uh, on the scene. By the way, I should mention what is germane to this story, and the reason why it is worthy of the broken news is that uh, Mark Lillywhite is the sheriff of St. Joseph County. He's the sheriff of St. Joseph County. Or maybe he was. Uh, County officials have not said if the sheriff has uh, remained on the job or has been put on leave. But I would imagine at least put on leave. At least put on leave, I would think. Wow! Talk about people who should know better. Man. Uh, A couple of other items. The broken news here this morning. I cannot believe this is an actual court case going on right now that I just... It boggles my mind. A trademark case involving Jack Daniels whiskey and a dog's chew toy is has been heard by the Supreme Court. This has gone all the way to the Supreme Court. That And I would think if you're one of the nine justices on the Supreme Court, I mean, highest court in the land, this is the pinnacle of your legal career. And you're hearing a case about a dog toy. <laughs> uh, you got to think this is just weird. The high court heard oral arguments from a lawyer for Jack Daniels who claims that a chew toy... Uh, named Bad Spaniels, violates trademark law by associating its fine whiskey with dog dew. The doggy toy, you understand, is shaped like a Jack Daniels bottle, but instead of saying Old Number 7 Tennessee Whiskey, the label says Old Number 2 on your Tennessee carpet. (laughs) It's not Jack Daniels, it says Bad Spaniels. Uh, Old Number 2 on your Tennessee carpet. The uh, toy is made by VIP products who say the toy is an obvious parody and therefore protected as free speech under the First Amendment because parody is protected speech. Um, And that's been long established. Supreme Court justices yesterday seemed to find fault on both sides, likely sending the case back to lower courts for extra work. So we'll see. But apparently... The dispute continues <laughs> over, over bad spaniels, the bad spaniels <clears throat> whiskey bottle shaped dog toy. Jack Daniels is not amused. Is anybody confusing the two? Really? I mean, is anybody honestly? Wow. <clears throat> and finally, the broken news this morning a story with a happy ending. And I always love a story with a happy ending. A cow is leaving the big city for open spaces and a new lease on life after escaping from outside of a slaughterhouse in Brooklyn. <laughs> the, the young black cow is, broke free, escaped, made a run for it, was running loose through the streets of Brooklyn, which has got to be an unusual sight. I mean, you got to think that people in Brooklyn don't normally see cows running around the street. 
the people from the slaughterhouse were trying to lasso the cow and get it onto the truck, but uh, she didn't really want to go. <laughs> Can't say that I blame her. Uh, <laughs> according to uh, one witness, Vincent Fontana said uh, the cow was feisty. She didn't want to go. After the cow was wrangled, Mike Stura of Skyland's Animal Sanctuary in New Jersey offered to give the calf a new home. And the slaughterhouse uh, agreed. They capitulated and said, you know what? Uh, the uh, a spokesperson for the uh, slaughterhouse said, I think she deserves it. She certainly earned it. <laughs> so the story of the cow that escaped the slaughterhouse has a happy ending. I don't know. You got to be careful with this because if you give her what she wants, you'll only encourage others. You know, you're only going to encourage other cows to make a break for you. This could be a major crisis. There, there you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report, an update of the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced is halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Are Americans getting dumber in the new millennium? (laughs) I think anecdotally, uh, if you just scroll through social media, you could probably say, yeah, we are. But that's anecdotally. This is actual, actual scientific research here and analysis of more than 394,000 IQ scores taken between 2006 and 2018 has shown drops in three abilities. Verbal reasoning, matrix reasoning, and letter and number series reasoning, I guess. Um, Meanwhile, scores of spatial reasoning have increased over the past several years. So, three out of... But uh, the overall IQ score, uh, given that three out of four of those uh, metrics have dropped, probably not surprisingly, the overall IQ score has gone down in the past uh, 15, 20 years. However, at least one researcher at Northwestern University... Uh, Elizabeth Dvorak says that that does not necessarily mean that Americans are dumber than they used to be. It could just be that they are getting worse at taking tests or specifically getting worse at taking these specific kinds of tests, she says. Some of the other possible reasons for decline in IQ scores include poor nutrition, Societal focus on different skills than what is tested in IQ tests. Media exposure, so there's that social media impact, and changes in education over the past several decades. So, kind of interesting. Not necessarily getting dumber, all evidence to the contrary. (laughs) 
also happening around town. Folks at St. Andrew's United Methodist Church are holding an auction fundraiser this weekend. It is the Be Cool Warm Hearts auction fundraiser. So what is that all about? Uh, Myra Suste and uh, Debbie Snyder are with us uh, this morning in the studio to explain it all. Uh, talk about uh, what this is for the purpose of uh, this uh, fundraising auction. Okay, this, this auction is to help supply and maintain a warming station that we're establishing here in Finley. Mm-hmm. Warming and cooling, actually. Warming, so, cooling, and laundry facilities. Laundry facilities mm-hmm. as well. So what is this project all about? Explain uh, you know, what's going on, the idea here. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, actually, there was a coalition, uh, an unhoused coalition that was started um, by the city administrators and city mission and downtown businesses. And um, they were trying to work on the problem of unhoused people mm-hmm. in the area of Finley. Right. And they found out that around the area where our church is located, there are like 146 unhoused people. Mm. That includes families and individuals. And um, they don't have a place to go during the day if it's too hot or it's too cold. Well, and and let me jump in here because, again, folks will immediately think city mission. I mean, you mentioned city mission, but that's an overnight shelter. Yes. uh, Yes. City mission does not have a place for people to go during the daytime. Mm -hmm. That's only at night. So we are trying to find a place, and it just so happens that we have our annex, and um, it's it's a perfect central location for people to come. So suddenly you thought, well, hey, we can do this. We can uh, provide this uh, this service. I think it will be surprising for a lot of folks. And you mentioned more than 140. Uh, individuals, families who are unhoused just in that general area. Yes. And that's taken that, that's a survey that was done in 2020. So there's probably a lot more that we don't even know about. Yeah. Um, So uh, talk a little bit about uh, how this will will work and when you're hoping to launch this. Kind of give us the logistics on all of this. Um, We have funding. We have received several grants and some some are still pending. Um, But uh, there's enough money now to open the shelter. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the auction will help to supply and maintain this along with along with other businesses. We also have area churches that are involved. And uh, you mentioned it will be there in the annex? Yes. Is yes. That, that the, That's the plan on Sandusky yes. Street yes. for this? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would imagine that there will be, uh, in addition to the space and the heaters or the uh, cooling that will be involved, the laundry facilities, because yes. you mentioned that uh, is, is part of this as well. So there's the physical uh, things that will be needed to make this happen, but also staffing? Yes, there'll be staffing and we have to have security. Um, of course, City Missions is helping uh, with a lot of this, you know, and uh, they'll set up a budget for it and everything. And uh it, it's it, it's a it's a big undertaking, but mm-hmm. it's certainly needed in our area. And uh, so, again, just to emphasize, this will be an ongoing thing. This yeah. is not just something for it, 
Right. Well, and it's not every day. I mean, it'll only happen when the temperature's really high or, or too no. cold. Yeah. Yes, or too low. You mm-hmm. know, so it's not like it's an everyday uh, occurrence. And and the laundry facility uh, will be available certain times, uh, probably of the week and certain hours. That I they would can imagine come in. some of that uh, has yet to be fully yes, fleshed yes, out. Uh, exactly. This. Yes. What is the target to to open this and have it operational? I. Is I, there a, I don't think they have a, a definite date so yet. Again, so that far yet. So yes. it's still again. We're very in the much beginning like. stages, and um, you know, like we said, we have other churches that are going to be helping with this, and uh, other places within the the community that will be working on it. So you're very much in the fundraising phase yes. right now to yes. make sure that you can pull it off, basically, is the is the idea. Uh, we have the funds for the renovations that we need, mm-hmm. but uh, it will you know, require maintenance as mm-hmm. we go on over the years, and uh, we have policies from City Mission that they use mm-hmm. that will, you know, govern what happens there. Right. Um so a lot uh, still has to be fleshed out before right. this will actually. Right. And in the meantime, again, the auction fundraiser on Saturday is a way of providing additional right. funds. So give us the details on this. Okay. We're going to have a live auctioneer, uh, Daryl Strickler from Van Wert, Ohio. Um, we have over, 100, well, over 150, 130, 150 donations already from the community. A lot of community involvement here. Awesome. And and church involvement, too. Uh, we'll be auctioning those items. And we had asked that those items be of $25 or more. So okay. It's, uh, it, it should so be. So not a bunch of little stuff. We've got yes. some yes. good stuff yes. here. Yes, we've got we, some good stuff. And we uh, fortunately have a, a lady within our church who used to be a consultant for Longer Burger Baskets. So a lot of things are going to be put in Longer Burger Baskets. Okay, there you go. And you can't get those anymore. No, so right, if you're a right. collector, this is right. an opportunity just for the baskets we, itself. Exactly. Dinner, now, this is for eight. Uh, and we have a tea for eight. Awesome. And a stay at the Hancock Hotel. Okay. An overnight stay. There you go. We uh, have a discovery flight on an airplane <laughs> to Port Clinton. Oh, and that'd be cool. Lunch at the um, what's it called? The Tin Tin Goose. The mm-hmm. Tin Goose. I guess. There you go. Called. Yes. So very cool stuff. Now this will all be happening Saturday. What is the? Uh, okay, give us the there'll be a preview. There. From 10 to 1, okay. and the auction will take place at 1. At 1, yeah. and uh, again, this is a live auction, right? Yes, right. Um, and it's there at St. Uh, Andrews. In yes. the Fellowship Hall. Okay. And along we- with that, we're having a bake sale, okay. and there will also be some food. Refreshments, you yeah. Baking yourself? All yes, I am. Stuff? All right, am. there you go. We are. Doesn't get any better than that. Um, so, uh, if folks want more information, you've got, uh, you've actually got it up on the, on the Facebook page. You've got a Facebook event. We've linked that up at, at our webpage. And, um, again, it is all happening on Saturday. Benefit the, uh, warming and cooling station that will uh, be open hopefully soon, uh, to help those in need in the community. Uh, again, goodmornings.net to learn more. And uh, Myra Seste, Debbie Snyder with us uh, this morning from St. Andrews United Methodist Church. Their uh, Be Cool Warm Hearts auction fundraiser coming up this weekend. Ladies, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it.
And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. It's our little corner of the World Wide Web. Coming up tomorrow on the program, a conversation with the author of Ignition 2084 and whether he really thinks that America is headed toward the second civil war that his novel imagines. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.